Uh, welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. This is Paul, joined by John. And tonight we're going to talk all things sport. Probably keep it a bit more local tonight. We'll do a bit of a keep, kick and cuddle and a few yes, no's. And uh, we'll go from there. This is the Love Sport Podcast. And you know what? We're not faded. Podcast, John and Paul on the mic tonight. Uh, Pete and Sean still missing in action. Pete is doing amazing things with blind football, with football academies and schools. So we're really proud of Super Pete Novikowski. I uh, hope we get him back on soon, mate. Before yeah, he's good, uh, before man. he's coaching, could be coaching Matildas or the Socceroos soon. So we need to keep him on. Let's hope so. I think that that sounds like a good plan. Mate, um, I went to the Magic Round last week. Uh, went to at least the Friday night of Magic Round. Was thinking of going to a couple other days, and um, it, it, it had you know had all the fireworks and smoke and whistles, and the nighttime atmosphere was great. But um, thirteen sin bins and three send offs uh, over the weekend. <sighs> AFL and NRL made at the moment. They both seem to change their rules partway through a season. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, but it's. If referees and umpires are given um, decisions at the last minute, how are players meant to adjust as well? Oh, look, I think don't blame the referees. I was listening to the footy on Sunday and Andrew Moore in the ABC had a pretty good point. He said that Peter Volandi's made a big song and dance about getting all these new rules in last year. Everyone crowned yep. him a hero. Uh, and then when something went wrong, he wanted to um, throw the, re- the referees under the bus. So um, that's really not fair, I don't think. I do think that their rules way too often. Um, and also I also think they make tweaks to referees halfway through a year. They do it in every sport. NFL is crazy for it. Football's a joke. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it is what it is. I don't blame the referees for a minute. I'll tell you what I do I do blame is just nonstop video attention. I, I go and watch local park footy and you know, no one questions the referee. Well some people do. They call brawls and stuff, but most of the time and a lot of players all the time in the referee's face. Yap, yap, yap. I'd love to see someone send bin for chat. Well, mate, I, I can tell you now, um, I don't think the standard of refereeing and umpiring has been very good in the last couple of years. But as you've said, there's mitigating circumstances, constant rule changes, constant, not just rule changes, but what they're told to focus on each week. I mean... They're doing. I don't think they're doing a great job. I'll separate the NRL from the AFL because I think the AFL umpiring at the moment is probably one of the lowest standards I've ever seen. I'm not blowing umpiring for losses, but some of the decisions are just mind-boggling. But how can how can these guys? And we'll just focus on the magic round for a moment. How can my old man said it today? He's not blaming the referees, but he is saying, "Well, has the what do they call it? The bunker." Has the bunker actually taken over refereeing games? Because that's his interpretation, and he reckons that's destroying the game. Well, they also seem to make just as many mistakes as was made on field. I thought last year the refereeing um, in the NRL after the COVID break was uh, excellent. I really enjoyed yep. it. I thought the referees took a back step from the limelight. I think the one referee worked well. Uh, I think everyone can you know, understand that they're not going to get everything right. Um, they backed off from going to the bunker for every try. Look, I think when it comes to send-offs and foul play, 
I think in every sport, you know, as soon as you slow it down, it's going to look worse. Yep. I actually think that a lot of the time that should just that should be an automatic referees. And no, I'm not in, I'm not against send offs. I think you have to have them. I think some of the tackling techniques being poor in the NRL, they're going way too high, taking people up, and you know, it's time probably a good time to cramp that clamp that down because no sport can survive uh, the concussion era if they don't do something about it. And we said and that, that over the fact. weekend. Yeah, it is a fact. And we said that over the weekend on a whole heap of messages to different friend uh, friends groups and everything like that, is that, it, it, you know, we could we could be one of the last generations that sees contact sport. I don't think that's out of the realms. I mean, if, if AFL gets sued for billions, if NRL gets sued for millions and billions, those sports can't survive. Um, and if people do have CTE and long-term injuries caused by what is perceived... Uh, a lack of attention. The sports have to be seen to be doing something and they have to do something. It's just, you know, who knows? We could be one of the last generations that sees contact in sport. I don't want to be the harbinger of doom, but the overall pussification of everything that's happening to our society, including this stuff, um, you know, it's terrible when there's some people who get affected by things long-term and the thing is, no one knows if they would have got it if they weren't in sport or not. They don't know enough about that that issue. I think um, there's a lot more work to be done. I don't think it's the end of contact sport because I think if we lose contact sport, that there'll be something else to take its place. And that'll yep. most likely be um, conflict between countries. Yeah, it's a very good call, mate. Very good call. But look, I know that's over the top. But look, if there's nothing doing, man, like um, throughout history, you have to have you have to have a distraction for the community. And, and you can what see you, it around us right now that without, when there's no distractions during COVID, what happened? The whole world went nuts. Yep. Well, so mate, you, you, you know more about history than I do, but I mean, some people say the origin of soccer football came from China in some ways, where two teams kicked their head around. Um, and, you know, and then we had the gladiators of for Rome and so forth. And, um, you're right, you know, something has to be there for the masses, doesn't it? But uh, look, I was just disappointed that. You know, I think I was disappointed that I just wanted to go and enjoy football. And Friday night, for me, two games were ruined by um, interpretations. And I was just sitting in the crowd, so I wasn't getting to hear the commentary or anything. But you're watching it going, hey, the, the arm hit the ball and bounced into a head. You know, those kind of things. Um, I think you're right. The tackling techniques aren't good. The games are quicker. And, you know, maybe we do need more interchanges for a game like rugby league. because that's No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Just let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Your position on it is no. No. I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's one of the worst things that ever happened to Australian most sporter codes, both of them, is yep. the overuse of interchange. I hate the AFL's interchange rules. I think... I think it rewards only one thing, and that's aerobic capacity. And yeah. I don't really care about that. Um, I think some guys have got it. Uh, it's, take, it's taken away so much other stuff from the sport, even since the turn of the 2000s. Yeah. No, 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 and no. Do you, do, you know what I, do you know what I loved about um, playing you know, junior footy and then playing seniors at a young age? Because um, mm. I started playing, um, not AFL, I played Australian rules football, um, in seniors at 14, 15. So I was very young to be playing seniors. But the thing I knew is those guys were bigger, but at the end of the game, only I was fitter. 
And so I stayed on the ground the whole match. And those guys who were hammering me in the first half couldn't keep up in the second. And I think we've lost that kind of thing in sport. So it'll, you, it'll if you want to guarantee more injuries in a contact sport, have really huge dudes running at other guys flat out for 15 to 10 to 15 minute bursts. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get my point, don't you? Like, I enjoy totally. that gladiator. I enjoyed the gladiator aspect of I'm going to outlast this guy who's hitting me round because he won't keep up with me in the second half. And well, I, think, I think I said everything I need to say about where I felt about the the bringing more interchanges in because honestly, man, and I I do believe I actually think that it's had a a bigger impact, a worse impact on the spectacle mm. of the AFL than even the rugby league, and no one down there ever seems to really talk about it that much. Can, can you imagine someone like a Dusty Martin, right? Who's got fairly good engine already and is one of the greats ever. Can you imagine if there was very limited interchange and a guy like that drops into the forward line? Oh, wow. Lee Matthews used to do that for Hawthorne and I think he kicked 900 goals. That's what actually happened. Those guys would be on the ball yep. and then and then they would rest in the forward pocket. That was their rest. And they would kick a ton of goals. I can see, I can see, um, I'll see Dusty in his last few years of playing. I can see him kicking 70 goals. A season yeah, for the last a, couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And there's different ways of looking at it. But you look at midfield rotations, when, on great midfield rotations, you can use it for good or evil. Um, <clears> you know, if I wanted to go and pack my eyes without, out with a stick or go and watch the Swans play between 2007 and 2018, when, you know, the ball never got away from an area the size of my garage. And it was just a constant clamping down on everything. And, um, you know, I don't think you can do that with the with – you know, if the midfield's got to stay on for the whole game, they're yep. not playing like that. Look at Diesel Williams, one of the greatest players of all time. He, I don't know where he'd fit today. Diesel Williams would not fit today whatsoever, and he is one of the greatest footballers I've ever seen. I agree with you. Mm. He was he was doing twenty five meter handballs with pace to 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 an open player. He was the consummate in the middle of packed, you know what I mean? Like he'd have four or five people around him and he'd find someone. He would be not, cho- he wouldn't have even been drafted in the modern game. No, um, he's awesome. Because he, because he, he doesn't, doesn't have, yeah. yeah, he doesn't have Yeah, and I don't like that. And I think it concentrates, no. you know, that over-reliance on one thing. Um, yep. and, and that over-reliance on one thing hasn't got anything to do with skill. And that's what I'm not enjoying about NRL the last couple of years. You, you, you can't even hold someone down at all. Like I agree teams like Melbourne Storm and that held people down for far too long. But that's up to the referee to call a penalty on those, right? Now, you can't even hold someone down for a second. And it's it, it just feels like it's just a constant sprint. Do you know? And, and it's just, I'm, I agree with you on both sides that aerobic seems to be, the aerobic athlete seems to be the, um, the stereotype for all sports at the moment. Like, you know NFL. What do they quote nonstop when they're looking at the draft? He's 40-yard 40, 40 dash and stuff. Like mm. Sometimes there's just people who are footballers. They're just footballers. It, it, it's not tangible. It's not his reach, his hand size. I mean, how many quarterbacks have they overlooked because their hand wasn't big enough? Do you know yeah, what that's like, one of the dumbest, dumbest measurements of all time. No, I was like, I understand where they're getting it from, but, you know, um, like if you can throw the ball, you can throw it. The pigskin in NFL, as you know, is pretty small. It's a lot smaller mm. than a rugby league and AFL ball, and the seams are much higher. So I don't think I your hands have to be that too. Yeah, and I don't think your hands have to be that bloody big. But you know, regardless, we've gone down that path in Australian sports, where um, even in in our 
I'm going to say soccer for people, you know, who call it soccer. We're seeing academies now nonstop churning out these fast guys, but they can't even take anyone on because they don't have the foot skills to get past someone. I don't, I don't like what they call measurables. I'm not interested in those things. Mate, I don't think Dusty would have been. You know, he was chosen number three in the draft. If we look like, you know, you can look at a whole heap of guys who probably wouldn't have been picked on certain skills. And we were talking about last week about um, quarterbacks and we give them one year and they're out. And that seems to be what's happening in AFL. And now I'm loving what they're doing where 25 and 26-year-olds are starting to get selected in the AFL. I'm not yeah, sure. And, and, and same as NRL. You've got guys who've been to three or four clubs. They find the right club for them. They're 26, 27. All of a sudden, they're a star at that age. So let's maybe slow the horses and, and let footballers be footballers. That, you know, I, I, anyway, we've probably gone way off on a tangent there, mate, so I apologise. I'm going to throw you a couple of our uh, well-received well section last week was yes, no's, mate. So Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chuck a few at you. Yeah. Will Melbourne be undefeated by round 17? The Demons. Melbourne Demons in the AFL? No. Can you check side of football? Me? You. Yes? Yes, I can. What a, what a fun skill that is. Um, yeah. uh, okay. Um, is this and I can worst? do it off left and right. So can I. How good's that? You're probably a better. You're, you'd be a much better kick than me right now because my knee is shot. Um, the is this the worst period that you've known? Now you listen to the radio, so this might I'm not going to qual- quantify or qualify this. Is this the worst time you've known for sports commentary? Is this a yes or no? Yep. Oh gosh, good one. Um, I'm going to. Re- I'm, well, I'm not allowed to give a caveat at all, am I? No, um, no, you are not. Okay. Uh, well, then in that case, I'm going to say no. And should scrap, uh, should we scrap technology in sport until we can get it right, until technology catches up? That's a no-brainer. It starts with F and ends in K and yes. Look, <laughs> I, 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 seriously, it's a joke. I've got a yes name for you, right? I got a couple. Um, so this week in the Guardian, uh, the great Karen Bancroft did a little tell-all interview, and I think his story's been—I um, I hate that term—we have to hear their stories. But now everyone's telling their stories. I don't blame Cameron Bancroft for telling his story because he's been completely mm. housed by the um, ACB. That's how old we are. I keep calling it that. But um, he said, and I can't remember his exact words, but it's something like. I don't think you have to think too hard to imagine that everybody knew what was going on. Now, yeah. my yes or no to you is, do you, after, the, after the ACB did its full integrity investigation and found that only Messrs. Bancroft, Smith and Warner knew anything about the fact that they were uh, uh, greasing and scraping the ball in South Africa, and it was going both ways and it was going like around corners, and it was doing that during the Ashes as well when they won that uncontrollable swing. And then straight after that, it started going gun barrel straight for about a year. Do you think there's any chance on God's green earth that the fast bowlers did not know what was going on with that ball? Yes or no? Wait, ask, 
Ask that question again because I've got no. Do you think there's any no. chance on this planet that the bowlers didn't know what was going on with that ball? No chance at all. No. You think they didn't know, or you think they did? Oh, I think they did know. So, sorry, that's why I was with the question. I, I, I wanted, <laughs> I wasn't getting it right because yeah, yeah. they had to. Sorry, well, you can't have any comment. There's no caveat. Oh, okay. Sorry. So you saying that yes, the bowlers, the Australian fast bowlers, yes. and maybe. Mr. Super Nathan line, Mr. Yes. You know, full of everything, knew what was going on. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what my answer is? An almost unbelievable yes. Okay. Now, second one. Your mate, Peter Volandis, just comes off a defamation case against... Uh, wait, wait, against am the... I going to be in trouble here? <laughs> no, no, against the ABC, um, <laughs> who claimed that he knew all about the fact that horses in the racing industry were being sent to a knacking yard if they were, say, failing to um, impress anyone during their maiden at, like, uh, I don't know, out at Cessnock, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, much like <laughs> much like the ACB said about the fast bowl, he said, I don't know anything about that. Do you think there's any way that – do you think that Mr. Volandis, um, uh in his position as the head of New South Wales Racing, would have known knows what happens to horses that don't make the grade when they don't get bought. Yes. You're saying yes, he does know, or yes, he doesn't know? Yes, he does know. Okay, thank you. Well, I don't have to answer that question, so I won't. <laughs> Interesting time. <laughs> I'm not allowed to give. I'm not allowed to give any context to that. Well, you can't because I haven't been able to have any room to move for the last two weeks. And no. That's what no, makes it what, you've got to think about as hard. No, because I've been heavily involved in the racing industry. And please, this is not answering that. Because I've been heavily involved in the racing industry through uncles and cousins and everything who've been trained as jockeys. And I did track work and stuff like that as well. I have a better answer for you in a future show. And we could actually do a little bit of focus on it because I've got a fair bit of context from England, America, and Australia on, on, on that. And I think it'd actually make for a fairly interesting podcast. And I can get a couple of people from the uh, industry, and we won't name them in the podcast, who, who will talk about that. So it could be a nice little expose. <laughs> better put, the, better put the, 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 um, the portcullis down on the front of the house if we do that, mate. All right. The, I, uh... Yeah. No, no. I've got the stuff. I will be telling you is is absolutely known, um, and yeah. we will put massive disclaimers on the front of the show. Um, but I can tell you, um, that's all I'll say. I can't say. Oh, well, that's, that's a yes. Yes. Okay. Well, very good. That's my. I've got. That's my two questions for you. Of yes and no. Do you have any more for me? I like that. I actually don't tonight. Um, right. Oh, okay. Okay, but I do want to give you some straight into it, mate, So I'm really loving the pace of the show. I'm going to give you some keep, kick, or cuddles. So we've added that extra Sweet. one in that we used to have, okay? So. Yeah, yeah. I've asked you a very similar one, but times have changed a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Manchester United and Leeds. I've heard of them. Um, so it's keep, keep cuddle or or what is it? Or kick kick them real hard. Okay. All right. I got a feeling I know where you're going with this, but I'm going to keep. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep leads. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep leads United because I do believe their fans spent thirty years wandering around the wilderness and 
Um, they've had a, an excellent re-entry back into the league. Yep. And I think that the mid-table finish is about what we would have could have expected for them. And I hope that they have better days to come. But I think that they've got a long journey ahead, just like both of our two clubs go. So I'll do that with them. I'll cuddle Palace. Yep. Okay, because they've never done me any harm. Um, you know, I I've, I've quite like their jerseys. Always like their jerseys when they do the sash. Yes. You know, like yep. uh, Peru and whatever. Um, and they don't really seem to, I don't know. They don't, Look, they're one of those teams that you know in any given season might pop up and finish seventh or eighth or might get relegated. Um, so depending on how they go. So I don't really – yeah, I'm fine with them. I'll give them a cuddle because they've never won anything, have they? Not that I know of, but I'm sure there's right. going to be some Tetley's Cup or something. Yeah, all right, brilliant. Um, and um, I'm going to kick uh, the great behemoth of um, – along with the other one of English football in Manchester United, because the club this year, I think um, the club, okay, they're coming back. They've been a long time where they haven't been great. I think Alex Ferguson's been proven to be, you know, if not the greatest, one of the top three greatest managers in the history of English football since no he doubt. left. And uh, yeah, the club hasn't handled that well. Their ownership's obviously a um, bit of a mug, the way they've treated the fans and the club. But, you know, in saying that, they have they've spent a lot of dough and I think their fans were rightly upset this year. So, um, and I think that the fans of all the clubs, and I don't want to get into the whole thing about what happened at football grounds and stuff like that, but, you know, let's not, let's not spend too long getting on the fans when... Oh, no. no. You know, they... Yeah. When, you know, the, the guys in suits have literally pawned with the emotions of everybody involved in football, not just in England, but in the whole of Europe. So no doubt. I, I say good on the fans for giving it right back to them and saying, I'll tell you what, if you treat us like mugs, we're going to burn your house down. Mate, what about uh, Collingwood, Carlton and Essendon right now as they stand? Collingwood, oh, Carlton, man. Essendon. Uh, I'm not going to spoon feed you, son. Oh, no, you don't have to, man. I, I tell you what, I've never been around asking you to put a bib on me. I, this is I a difficult that. question for me. I know so many people who support all of the uh, these yeah. clubs. Um, and I feel, I do feel a lot. I feel that uh, some crimes get dealt with out of proportion. Um, yep. And I think that the crime, the, the, the punishment that's been visited upon Carlton has lasted for like nearly 30 years now. And they haven't recovered. And I think you're watching one of the great institutions of Australian sport just almost fizzle out before our eyes in a lifetime, which I never would have thought in the 1990s was going to happen, right? Um, that's no. how I feel about that. I'm going to cuddle them. I think they need yeah. something. And, and I think right from the time that the AFL decided they weren't going to um, let them go ahead with the Princess Park stuff, uh, it's been a, everything's been a disaster for them. But um, I'll cuddle them. I will – what's the other categories? Keep? So you keep, kick and cuddle. I'm going to keep – this is really difficult. I'm going to keep Essendon. I yep. think a little bit of the same thing here where uh, I don't think the AFL knew how to deal with the drug scandal. And I think that it, that's just sort of been a, an ongoing lingering sore and they've not recovered at all. And, look, I mean, fair enough, there was bad things happen, but they need a little bit 
I really don't like Essendon, but, you know, I'll give them a keep. And I'm going to kick Collingwood. I've I, I got something to say about the treatment of Eddie Maguire, and I haven't heard anyone really say it. I thought the club treated him horrendously uh, when he's given pretty much his entire life building that mm. club up from the ground up. Um, I think he'd given a hell of a lot of incredibly good support and um, and legs up, if you like, to people from all across the Australian community. Um, I think that the guy made some type of an error of judgment within the last week of his tenure as president with something that he said. But the fact of the matter is, is that none of that um, inquiry was going to be happening about racism if he hadn't have actually pursued it to happen. If you go right back through the history of Eddie Maguire as the, as the boss of Collingwood, doesn't get a lot of talk. He was one of the first people to embrace the um, LGBTI community of his Pink Magpies initiative and bringing mm-hmm. them into the fold. Like, you know, there's a gay round and all that now. That really goes back. He, he, he was the, there's a pioneer of that. Um, he's been heavily involved in Anzac Day. He marketed the crap out of the Brisbane Lions and got them up and running. He pretty much was on the front foot with looking after Footscray supporters. Um, he's always, you know, if somebody's had an issue, a club that's been um, about to die, he's one of the best people for finding sponsors for clubs. Uh, and i got to say that, okay, I get that there's racism in different places around the place, but I find it somehow, I don't know that when you're playing multiple hundreds of games for a club, that when it's all over 10 years later, you can come back and say how racist the place was when other people are clearly saying it wasn't and they got ignored. Yep. And it's yep. a big call, like, and I get it, and I can't walk in those shoes, but there was a lot of football played and a lot, and, you know, people are pretty well set up for life. Um, yep. if, if you play 250 games for Collingwood, a premiership player, you know, things aren't all that bad, I don't think. Well, mate, one of the other... One of the other Is that things. a really crazy answer? What do you think? Because no, I, no. I, I really don't like the way that the, that Eddie was dealt with on a timetable that wasn't his after what he gave, not just to that football club, but honestly to the AFL. If there, if there was a, a thing to say that somebody should be made a life member of the AFL who was a non-player, I don't think anybody's done more for the sport around Australia promoting the national game than Eddie mm. McGuire did. And I don't go for I- Collingwood. I think the issue being that when, and it, this is almost a separate podcast, isn't it really? I think the issue with Eddie is that, that there were many, many times where, you know, he's done a lot of great stuff and it and it's like anyone in society, you it's the bad stuff that people are going to focus on. And for Eddie, there were milestones and we don't need to go on about certain ones, but there were certain milestones. Oh, the Jessica Rose stuff and all that? There was lots of yeah, things that happened. The, and, 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 but that's not never, played out in public, isn't it? Oh, it, look, it is. But they were never policed at the time, really, were they? Because if the AFL was serious about it at the point, or Cone was serious, they would have kicked him out at those points. But they decided not to, so they embraced those mistakes and those... Uh, look, p- people can pick up on my words right now. People go, how can you say it's a mistake? But you know what I'm trying to say? They could pick up on those heat points and go, right, this is a time for you to move on. But no one did. Cone didn't. The AFL didn't. And... 
Look, no one is one thing, are they? Not one person is one but thing. If- if you want to stand as judge and jury, especially if it's on social media, right, then um, you have to be sure that you're squeaky clean because one day people are going to come for you. Oh, and... 100% what I'm saying. But what I suppose the point I'm making, John, is that... And no one if, is. No, no one is. But if people are pointing out 10 things over 20 years, well, any what happened at any one of those points? And I know the point. And it, whether it's right or wrong, the point that Eddie should have stood aside was with Adam Goods, with his comments at Adam Goods. If you were going to then get rid of him, and I'm not picking sides, but I'm saying if you're going to get rid of someone, that was the point to say you've got to go, Eddie. You can't wait all these years later and then treat him the way he's being treated now. He should have gone out. If Coinwood stood by him for all those years, then I agree. They should have really – it should have been far more dignified exit. I think that's that's probably my end point on it. Mate, um, big talk on crowds. Yeah, well, I think I, I, I'm not done yet because I think with all oh, of those sorry. issues, right? With all yep. of those issues, is that as a society and a community, it's very difficult to actually come up and answer a position and opinion um, that you have to satisfy a certain subset of people before anyone gets any traction anymore, right? Yep. And I don't know who they are or where they come from, but I do know this is that my understanding of the history of the planet is that um, very few people I've ever met uh, have got a 100% record of being inch perfect in every comment, relationship, joke, uh, decision, relationship, anything they've done, uh, have got a 100% record in being spot on with everything. No, so absolutely. That's a position. That's, I always take that because... Isn't it? Even Michael Jordan says, oh, you have to fail to succeed. Everyone learns from their mistakes. And one thing about Eddie was he played it all out in public. The best people. people He was served up to a lot. Anyway, whatever. Mate, um, I just want to... A bit of a break in the podcast just to say thank you to our listeners, the guys who reply on Facebook and Twitter. On Paul, get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter. Get John at Lambic Peach if he will respond to you. We really appreciate all the support you're giving. If you have any ideas for the podcast as well, let us know. We are more than happy to uh, include your feedback. And, hey, if you want to come on the show, give it a bash. This is the Love Sport Podcast. Um, you know, I'm a Richmond supporter and I'm nuts, right? And yeah. one thing I, I hate, and, and, it's, and it doesn't matter if you're a greater, greater Western Sydney fan or a Gold Coast Suns fan or a Brisbane Lions fan or whatever, if you're a passionate supporter, you're as passionate as anyone else. Sure. Right? Whether you follow yeah. Crystal Palace, you follow um, Bolton, you follow whoever, if you're passionate, you're as passionate as anyone else. Okay? Just okay. because there's not... Just because there's not 60 other thousand passionate people doesn't mean your club's passionate. And this is something that I'm finding really hard to get my head around. I'm going to take this down two little paths, if that's okay. Richmond had their lowest crowd um, since 2004 on the weekend, 18,000 versus Greater Western Sydney. Yeah. Everyone's, jumped, everyone's jumped on that. It was a poor crowd, no doubt in the world. There's mitigating yeah. circumstances, which I'm not going to excuse. People can choose to go or not go. But the point I want to make to people, and I made it over social media over the last few days, is... How did I'm that go saying, for you? I, it went really well because right. I, I, I went into it with facts, not emotion, okay? Sure. 
And I said, it was a poor crowd. Absolutely. I then went through about 40, 50 years. I'm not joking. I probably went through 50 years worth of attendances because I'm a geek when it comes to sport facts, right? So mm. I want to take, uh, and I'm putting Gold Coast Suns and everything into this, okay? Because I say to gold mates who follow the Gold Coast, and there are people who follow the Gold Coast, and they, they get poor crowds. And I say, you know what? In a generation's time, you're going to get huge crowds. I know you will. And people go, oh, no, there's no way. So let me take you back to 1992. Is that okay with you? Yeah, sure. I had, I had long hair and an undercut. Um, I'm sure you had long hair in 92 as well. Um, Richmond, years and years in the wilderness. Hadn't made the I've never been a long hair guy. Yeah, you had scrappy hair though. No, no. I was always had short back and sides even when I was playing in uh, metal bands. God, you're gorgeous. I, was more the, I was more your classic Rollins type figure. It's uh, because I went Roll- to a private boys' school. Rollins, a bit of helmet? Because helmet yeah. were, they were short mm. hair for their whole I much preferred well. that look. Mate, um, 1992, Richmond in the wilderness, 12 years not making finals, financially bereft the year before shaking teams. They averaged 20,000, okay? Mm-hmm. Sydney, Sydney, who everyone was like calling them a basket case, this was the Edelston times and so forth, averaged 9,000. Brisbane Bears at the time, and you were one of the hardcore guys, Brisbane Bears, 6,500, okay? The biggest <laughs> attendance... Everyone knew everyone, mate. That's the way it oh, was. E- exactly right. The biggest attendance at the time was Collingwood on average uh, of 50,000. And and yeah. they've really maintained that through good and bad and ugly. You can say whatever you want about Collingwood, but they have had fantastic support and they always will. Um, so 1992, Richmond 20,000. We're talking over a decade worth of not making finals. You know, no money. They were shaking tens. Um, North Melbourne at the time was getting about 20,000. Adelaide, 40,000. So just trying to give a bit of perspective. Adelaide's always had that that one state team at that point in time. So big crowds. Carlton were getting 30,000. And Carlton was successful then. Okay, and Their Essendon, ground was full because they had Princess Park, remember? Yes. And I was about to say that. So they were getting 30,000. But they, I think their ground only took about 32, 33 at that it, point. It was right on the limit because they were sharing yes. with Fitzroy for a bit. And, and, yeah. and this is where people need to get the perspective. Do you know what well, I mean? The Bulldogs, rather. Yeah. And, and, and so you can't just look historically and go, oh, yeah, they only got this. You've got to look at where they played and all those things. So we jump forward to, you know, people were saying to me, oh, you're all a bunch of bandwagon, Richmond. You've done nothing, this, that, and the other. What about 2015 and 16 when you were down, you know? And 2015, I think Richmond was third. And 2016, when we came close to the bottom of the ladder and lost our last game by 157 points through Sydney, mm. we were second. Uh, in attendances. So people just have to go back. I only had to look back five years at that point and go, okay, well, we're still averaging, we're still 42,000 this year. So we're the highest attendance attendance club and it helps when you have grand final success and, and, and so forth. Let me segue from that. Gold Coast average now. Um, is I think seven or 8,000. Let's go and have a look for you, mate. So I did pull up these facts and it's for a very good point, okay? Lions mm-hmm. are averaging, averaging 20,000 now. So this is a generation later. Different ground in Brisbane instead of on the Gold Coast. They're averaging 20,000. They're playing good football. Sydney are average, yeah, Sid- Sydney are averaging 30,000 a generation later. You would say... Sydney Swans are one of the heartbeats of, of sport in, in, in New South Wales, in my mind, right? Yeah. West Coast get, get 44,000. Adelaide's getting 30,000, not playing very well. 
Collingwood's still getting over 40,000. Essendon around 30-odd, and same as Carlton. So Essendon and Carlton have kind of stagnated at the moment, and that's lack of success. All right. What's GWS getting? So GWS, um, let me have a look there. They're getting 9,000. So oh, that's better than about, I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. So that, actually, I do apologise, mate. 8,292. So let's go down 1,000. Well, hang on a sec. Wow, that's better than I thought it would be. <laughs> but But generationally... I can see the Gold Coast Suns, who are averaging 10,000 at home right now, put them a generation ahead. I can see them getting 20-odd thousand people. We just have to – we're not slaves to history, but history does give you some points, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, um, it does. It does. But honestly, if you – if you, you, could, you could come around here and say, I tell you what, John, I'll give you uh... – Oh, how much money do you want to go and what's the GWS against the Suns game, Metricon? And I wouldn't go. I'd rather hang out in my cat litter tray. Well, I don't. Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy Metricon in the day. I don't enjoy it at night. I do. I, even though we live in Queensland, it, it, it feels so cold at night. I do like freezing, it on the it, And people don't get that if you're not from here. The wind coming off the water, especially when it <laughs> rains too, mate. And and it's 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 nearly always been fully exposed and. Mm. Oh, no, it's not anymore, but it's the same at um, Seabus, whatever they call it. At yeah, Rubina. I think that's it now. Yeah. That's one of the coldest grounds I've ever... I mean, that's as cold as going to some of the rugby league grounds in North England, mate. Some, in the in middle winter, it's freezing. And I don't get it, but it's really cold. So, you know, I suppose I suppose my point is is a couplefold. Mm. For the teams that are Is this still part of the keep, cuddle and kiss thing? No, no, no. Way beyond that now, mate. But I've, I do right, have because I had one for you. Oh, you so what's your point? Well, my point is this. It's twofold. One mm. is that people can choose to go to games. They have a lot of options, right? But if you're going to okay. bag a team about one performance, go and look at your own club. The yeah. other is that in North Melbourne, for example, everyone's saying they get no crowds, get rid of them to Tasmania. They only get a 1,000 and a bit less than the Western Bulldogs. So I just... Sometimes I just think you have to look at And they're going at a terrible whole... too. Yes. And they're averaging mm. 17,000 home crowd. I, I just think people need to get off North Melbourne's back. I was so happy to see them win. I called my brother, who is a rabid North fan, and he was just in tears. One win in nine. That's what football means to people. So for the teams that are struggling for crowds, it can turn around and it will turn around. Look at Richmond in 1992. 20,000. That's all I'm saying, mate. Um, you have to believe, team... you, you, you honestly have to think that right now in coronavirus times and whatnot, that if your team's going like a busted, you're probably going to think, you know, I tell you what, I could probably find other things to do. You know, because I still see the game on telly if I want to. I just 100%. don't think I'll go. What about the older well, you... people that can't go, you know, and all that sort of stuff? Well, you know, you know, I'll be at, 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 at the Gabba on Friday night at, as a Tiger because I'm mad, mm. right? But if you have to travel an hour and a half and you've got three or four kids, you've got to pay for parking. You've then got to go into the ground and there's no way you can get away with not buying your kids food and stuff. Right? So for an yeah. average night out at the footy, fine if you're in your twenties and you're single and so forth. But if you're an average family for one game, you can be looking at well over a hundred dollars to $200 for one game. And That's you could have any, you, you could have any given player decide they didn't like what you said and come up and point you out and you can be thrown out. Mate, I saw that. Um, I saw that. I went, to, as you know, not many people do. I went to Redcliffe to see the Brisbane Roar, and yeah. 
a group of about 10 kids not swearing, being really loud, were kicked out. Yeah. And, and I said to the security guards, I said, what, mate, I've already gone up and spoken to them. Why you guys have got the cops to kick them out? And he said, they're being unruly. I, I turned around to the rest of the people and there wasn't many behind me. And I said, have you heard anything bad? No, no, I've just heard them being loud. And they were kicked out. How and, dare and why, they? Why would those kids return to the football? I wouldn't. They were, they were given some of the only atmosphere at that ground. So it's just, I don't know what our world's becoming. Mate, you, you had a kick cut, uh, you had a yes or no or a kick, kick cut. I did, I did. I got a couple for you. Okay, let me see Shoot if I can find them. Um, I got a, <laughs> okay, okay first segue. one. Okay, the Oscars, yep. the Grammys, or the Golden Globes? Oh, Oscar, I mean, Oscars. Three of our favourite nights of the year there, man. Well, I'll kick the Golden Globes. Oh, wait, wait, I can't. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not yes or no. Is Ricky Gervais doing the Golden Globes? Ah, uh, he got cancelled from that. I know he did, but if he was still doing it, Golden Globes would be two thumbs up because he's the only thing worth it. So if he's not... I, I think he kind of maybe... Um, what was the old line? He held up a mirror to them and said, look, guys. Yeah, okay, so this is your bit. So, yeah, sorry, man. No, no, you're right, mate. I um, He did. He was the funniest host that's ever been, I reckon. But... um. I don't like award ceremonies at all, so <laughs> I have to put that out there. Um, the Oscars, because they've given a lot of good moments, so I'm going to I'm going to keep the Oscars. I'm going to kick out the Golden Globes, and I'm going to cut all the Grammys because honestly, music is so subjective. You might as well win a trophy that doesn't give you any money. God, that was a tough one. No, oh, they all suck. All right, um, let's go Agreed. another one here. Okay, so you you talked about real toes earlier on, so I've got three for you here. Um, yep. Deliver it out of bounds. Yep. Don't move on the mark. Yep. And goal reviews in the uh, AFL, scoring reviews. Deliberate, man on the mark, and uh, goal reviews. Um, yep. I'm going to keep the goal reviews. Um, I'm going to cuddle the man on the mark because I can see why they're doing it. And in its current format, the deliberate out on the bounds, how subjective that is. Uh, it is joke. just ridiculous. It is absolute joke. Uh, you and I could go through 50 different deliberate out-of-bounds in the past year and go, mm. he was kicking that to someone. What you're actually – and I keep hearing the commentators say this, and I'm sure it's been fed by the AFL. You know the line, so I might let you say it. Otherwise, I've, I've got the line they're saying in commentary at the moment. He did not make sufficient attempt to keep the ball in. Oh, mate, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Mate, if you, I'm rubbish. sorry. It, you, so you're on your left foot, so left or right, you're on your wrong foot, you're under pressure, you kick it to a contest, it misses a contest, goes sideways, which an oval ball seems to do, and you are done for deliberate out of bounds. That's absolutely ridiculous. What they should change that rule to is last last person kicked like they kind of did in the bloody um, AFLW if they're going to do it. Because how can an umpire decide that that guy's done it deliberately? I got you fired up, man. That's good. Okay, I got one last one for you. Um, so I thought about these today and I thought, you know, it's funny you said that about commentators earlier on. So I had two. I'm just going to go with one more because we push for time. Okay. Um, Phil Gould. Yep. So Phil Gus Gould. You already know where I'm going with this. So I'm just going to kick him no matter who's up. I hate Phil Gould. So that's a kick. Yep. Craig, Craig Fozzie Foster. Yep. And Rod the Twat Kafer. Oh. 
Jesus. All right. So that, I'm, I'm, sorry, I, did, uh, I didn't mean, actually just uh, sorry. That's that's not his name. I, I misread that. It's Rod Kafer. <laughs> oh, not a, not a galloping rat. Oh man! Can I kick them all? Um, I'm going to kick Phil Gould because he's so anti Melbourne Storm. I have to kick him, and yet if I'd actually really thought about it, I wouldn't do that. Um, I'm going to keep Craig Foster because at least he has a bit of a dip. And I'm going to cuddle Rod because um, someone needs to. I, don't I think he's out of work answers. at the moment. <laughs> Deservedly oh, so. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give him a cuddle for that. Has he got a podcast? Because hasn't everyone got a podcast? I was like, maybe it's the Rod Kafer and um, right. I don't know. If, if we've got one, he's had one. God. Oh, the the Rod Kafer and John Eels podcast. I've, I've been fully fired up, but I'll tell you something I've really, really enjoyed um, the last few days, mate. Um, just using social media a little bit differently in, in mm. terms of not getting emotional in it, just putting out facts has been so much fun to not get upset by what anyone else has said. Um, mm. It's been really interesting. And I've tried to present my arguments factually. And there's actually been a fair bit of respect back from other people that had different points of view. And that's been refreshing. To you're not a trooper offense. hanging in there on social media, mate. I can't believe you're still going with it. You know, you know, you know I'm, I'm fanatical about it. Mm. Um, but people wouldn't even know who I was. So what I've been doing is popping up a couple of videos on a few of them giving my thoughts, just, you know, 15-second videos. And it's been kind of refreshing to actually have people who are not robots actually go, hey, I don't agree with um, the team you followed and everything. But, you know, I, I actually backed up a Melbourne supporter the other day. Everyone saying, oh, they get crap crowds, they get this, that, and the other. They haven't won premierships forever. I don't care. This is my point about crowds before, mate, and then I'll let you have your final round. I really don't care if you get 2,000 or you get 51,000. Those 2,000 who go love their club. The 51,000 go, who go whatever. You love your club, you love your club. I'm sick of all this rubbish about who's the biggest club because of this, that, and the other. The, Melbourne, fan, never... the, Mel, the, the Melbourne fans that I know are dyed-in-the-wool, serious, AFL, Melbourne-loving people. And good on them. I'm pleased they're having their moment in the sun. They deserve it. They wait a long time. And, and, but isn't that the same as any – and I suppose that's what I'm saying. It's the same as anyone. If you're passionate, who gives a crap that you don't have, you know, more fans than another club? I'm, I'm over all that who's got the biggest – you know what I'm going to say. Who, yeah, it's a pissing contest and it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, 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 look, I don't care either. I, I still look on the big four in Melbourne as the big four teams. All four of them, one of them I mentioned today, the crowd, there's two of them – three of them are struggling right now. And one's up, you know, like uh, everything will turn around. It'll come back. Oh, I agree. Hey, mate, I, you had your pretty good uh, rant last week. I think I've done the rants ne- uh, tonight. Um, mm. Reckon we go a 50-50 one next week? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Mate, what are, your, uh, what are your final thoughts for the pod? Anything that um, we've missed out on in the week of sport? We've missed out in a ton, but anything? I really enjoyed the FA Cup final. Um Really yep. pleased for Leicester City. Uh, it's great to see a club doing what we didn't do when we had the chance, and that's cashing in and grabbing some trophies that will never be taken off them or their fans. And the goal that won it, uh, I hadn't watched the cup final for a bit. Yep. It was up. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The goal that won it deserved to be one of the great 
FA Cup goals. And finally, good luck to Sunderland over the next week. I hope for their fans that they find their way back into the championship. We have been well and truly um, behind them for the last year or so. So no one can say we've been on their bandwagon. We have been thoroughly behind them. Um, Mate, um, just a quick one about what you've just said then. As a club that's not going to win Europe, Newcastle and Villa, we're not going to win Europe, you know, in in our current iterations. Mm. Would you rather make Europe, so you finish top four and make the Champions League? I'd rather win the FA Cup. Same here. Every day of the week. And if, if that means I'm not a true Villa fan, so be it. I would rather win a trophy than play in another competition that it's kind of sold its soul. So I'm so happy you said that because I'd rather if win. If you win the, the FA Cup, Cup, you'll get into Europe anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. But I think you get where I'm coming from, though. Like, to me, the Champions League, unless it is absolutely the champions of each um, competition, it's not really a Champions League to me. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be involved in the Champions League. But I think about, you know, what is it, the pecking order of what's realistic. And look, I love the I love the FA Cup. I mean, everyone knows that trophy. It's one of the most famous sporting events in the world. Yeah, I want to win that, mate. I didn't know who Leicester was. You know, thirty years ago, I thought Le- I only knew Leicester as a rugby team, and mm. um, I had no idea who they were. If you think about the ride they're on, they give hope to every. I mean, Greece in the Euros. Greece won the Euros. Leicester has won an FA Cup and a Premier League. Um, the Doggies hadn't won for 70 years. Sydney hadn't won for 70 years. To any fan who ever gets to go through those emotions... The Roosters hadn't won for a month. <laughs> There's hope for everyone. There, there is absolutely hope for everyone if the Roosters could get that win after a, a hard-fought month. Um, Tampa Bay was the most joke of a franchise in the NFL for a long, long time. So there is hope. And that is the essence of sport. Got to be selling hope, my friend. Oh, mate. I will, look, it's been almost 50 minutes on the podcast. It's been another brilliant one. We'll be back next week, you reckon? Yeah, sorry for going too long, mate. I'll do my best no, next you, week to... You to not, if, I, if you don't bring up people like Eddie Maguire and that, I can't get upset. Well, we're going to see you guys next week. Hopefully, we've got Sean and uh, Super Pete Novikowski in the house. You can get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. You can get John on Landic Peach, who won't respond, but he'll see your messages. You can get me at Paul underscore football. Join in the conversation. John, be good. I know you always are. Peace out. God bless, my friend. I'll speak to you later. Will do. That was, um, believe it or not, I think that was a good... That was- uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. So it's Paul, your host. Get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter and John at Lambic Peach on Twitter. You can also follow Love Sport on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, join in the conversation. We'd love to hear what you've got uh, in mind for sport. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.